0: Let's do this.
1: Good evening everybody and welcome to episode forty nine of the latest PS5. We are here. We've spoke about it for weeks. We've tweeted about it for weeks. We're super excited. We're here with Team Kill Media. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Alex Sylvester. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing. I'm very well today. I'm
0: very excited. I'm super excited. As you have been saying, we've been talking about this for weeks, and it's finally
1: here on our fiftieth episode. So yeah, I'm I'm buzzed. Excellent. And we are joined from Team Kill Media, Micah and Noah Jones, How are you doing, guys? Good. Pretty good. Excellent. <laughs> and we've just obviously good. spoke. It's uh, twenty to ten in the evening here in the UK. It's twenty to four in the evening stateside. How's your day going so far?
2: it's pretty good pretty good um getting ready to uh start messing with ladders once again <laughs> which is my arch nemesis <laughs> oh wow wow video games and ladders is not fun <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think i think the only the only person in the history that probably never complained about a ladder was Hideo Kojima in Snake Eater When he decided to build that huge ladder for us gamers, which is still one of the most iconic moments of the game, right?
2: I know. Sometimes I almost wonder if that's, now that I'm a developer, if that was like a crack on ladders maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Probably, (laughs) or he had to load one massive section after it. It's one or the other, right? It was, yeah, yeah. That was the first in-game or behind-the-scenes loading, isn't it? So... (laughs) Definitely. Well, we've got loads of questions to ask, and obviously we're going to follow up at the end of this with some fan-led questions but um i think the the most important question really is you know it's just based on this past year you know it's been so surreal and life-changing for many people all over the globe how have you guys and your family been during the covid pandemic um for us it's kind of a weird one for
2: us because we we're we're not very like public people Mm -hmm. so like our normal lives, we're, we, we spend a lot of time at home already. So, right. like, initially, like, obviously, it was like the scare of, like, oh, you know, don't, you know, want to go out and like catch something or, you know, bring something home. But then, yeah. I, I don't know, as it kind of led up, it kind of, I don't know, not too much of a worry for us anymore. We, we just, I don't know, we, we don't really go very many places. So, oh, I guess. Bro. Our lives didn't change a whole lot. And
3: plus, we live out in the country, so it
2: yeah. wasn't as okay. big a deal for us. We, we live in the middle of cattle
0: farms. Okay. So there's not so many places to go where you would <laughs> Yeah, on. Yeah, so unless a,
2: unless a cow is going to catch mad cow disease or something <laughs> and you come
1: try to get us. <laughs> and I think, obviously, over the lockdown, um, you know, there's a lot more people obviously using social media to communicate with one another because that's really the only way they could communicate at the time. But in regards to the video game industry, you know, many gamers, developers, industry personnel, influencers, they've all commented and spoke about games that they've played during the lockdown, you know. Is there a particular game that for you will always have a connection to this pandemic
3: um for me it, it would probably be resident evil 3 or doom eternal
1: oh wow that really yeah, which uh... both
3: <laughs> games are amazing so
1: <laughs> and, and, uh... yeah, I, I absolutely love the, the, those games so yeah. before before we ask um uh, what level of difficulty were you playing doom on? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I play let's see the first time I played Doom Eternal, I played it on normal.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And then the next time I believe I played it on hard. I don't think I ever touched Nightmare because <laughs> I was by my way to get all the cheats and
0: collectibles. So <laughs>
1: nice, nice. Actually, for me,
2: I think it might actually be our first game, Kings of Lorne, because we, oh, that's right. we, we launched, we, it, we launched it right before all this went down. Oh yeah,
3: I forgot about oh, that. And wow. then
2: as far as like games played, yeah, probably Doom Eternal. I also recently finally played Uncharted 4, which oh, was nice. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. now Definitely. I'm playing Resident Evil Village, which is also very amazing so, so far.
1: It's so good. No spoilers, mate. No spoilers. I'm taking my time no, I'm, with I'm that game. I'm halfway
2: through it, and I'm, I'm playing it on PS5 with all the bells and whistles, and
1: it's mind-blowing. Definitely. Oh, wow. I was... Um, the first time... We're talking about Resident Evil Village now. But the first time I loaded <laughs> it up and I had the 3D audio going through the, the, the PS5 headset, I, I started getting angry because I thought my son was walking around upstairs. I was like, why is he not asleep for? So I took the headset off and then I had to walk halfway up the stairs and realized he was knocked out. And I was like, oh, wow, this game sounds amazing. Like, wow. It's so well, good. I would
2: say uh, it's pretty creepy, like, especially the parts in the uh, the house with the vampire ladies. Mm. Oh yeah. You you can hear them walking around the house and like it, it is super unsettling cuz you can pinpoint where they're coming from. Exactly. Right.
1: And it does make it more terrifying without a doubt and
0: well and like there's no music playing so it's like super eerie. Ambient mm. sounds. So would you say it is uh even more eerie than Resident Evil 7 or just as? Ah um, uh,
2: god, that's that's hard for me to say because Oh, oh. I want to say so far, Resident Evil Village has got like some really, really messed up stuff in it. <laughs> but Resident Evil 7, I think maybe was more like. I, I was less like prompt to continue Resident Evil 7 because of how creepy it was. <laughs> Whereas Resident Evil 8, I'm more like, ooh, let me get more of it.
0: Right, okay, okay. You say. I don't know.
2: It's like a, it's slightly different the way they it's went different about area.
0: it, yeah, yeah, more welcoming
1: then
2: yeah. I, I guess Love? this one's a little more mess with your head, and the other one was a lot more just like in your face,
1: in your face, okay. the Texas Chainsaw okay. Massacre, is what you were trying yeah, to say. Yeah, well, yeah, that right
2: there, that that stuff's yeah. messed up <laughs> without a doubt,
1: without a doubt. Alex, is there a game for you that you will remember this pandemic for? Uh, at the moment, it's uh, Resident Evil Seven. I mean, I'm 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 trying to destroy
0: that game <laughs> before I actually jump on Resident Evil Eight Late Bloomer. Uh, but hopefully, um, I'll be completing that by the end of the week, and I'll be jumping on to Resident Evil Eight.
1: So, uh, yeah, that's going to be the game for me. How about you, Mr. Singer? <laughs> I think well, over here in the UK, we're big football fans, aka soccer. It's called football, by the way, um, and. <laughs> Literally, the first lockdown, me, my brother, and cousin were just playing um, Pez Pro Evolution Soccer online all the time. So I'll remember that. And but I think this particular lockdown, because we were locked down here from December to April, so obviously we just had the PS5. So the frustrations of Demon Souls will always be remembered with this <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Never played a FromSoft yeah. game before, so I thought, let's go into Demon Souls. It can't be that hard first boss i wanted to i wanted to throw the ps5 out the window only had it a few weeks (laughs) oh my god pure rage right (laughs) definitely um so obviously before we move on and talk about the creation of team kill media and obviously developing games how were you guys introduced to video games and what are the games you affiliate with your childhood
2: Oh, gosh, let's see. So since I'm the oldest.
1: <laughs> yeah, um... pretty much
2: all piggybacked <laughs> off of Micah. Yeah. That's pretty much I, where came from. I was born 1988. So okay. I remember my family having the one of the Ataris. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing, I think, obviously, it was like Asteroid or something like that. And then, like, this game where you would, like, be this little guy jumping over alligators. And I don't remember what that was called. But mm-hmm. then that, you know, eventually led into, like, You know, the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo and Super Mario Brothers. Um, And then I think actually from Super Mario Brothers, it went into like Mega Man
1: X series, which was amazing. All right. Was that Pitfall Um, on the Atari? What was that? When you're jumping over alligators, is that called Pitfall? Uh, It might be. Sounds familiar. I (laughs) I just remember what it looked like. I can't remember what it was called. Mm. Green Trees... In the background, <laughs> I think I remember. Uh, yeah, I think I remember too. which one you're on about. Yeah,
2: it, it was great. That I that feels like that was probably what became Super Mario, pretty much. Yeah, I don't remember that. that was <laughs> before my time. You you, you didn't exist. <laughs>
0: nope.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I I definitely come from the Super Nintendo, pl- and eventually PlayStation One kind of era. Yeah, I basically grew
3: up on the PlayStation One as well as playing Goldeneye and things like that. That's pretty much oh, where fantastic.
0: I started. Yeah, Goldeneye was a classic shoot-em-up. Brilliant And game. Turok, too. I, yeah. I was a feed yeah. Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hmm.
1: Alex, I'm pretty sure you said Turok was the one game you wanted remastered, wasn't it, for PS5, yeah. if we could have any game? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, dude, I would be happy if they did that.
3: If they redid one of the Turoks for PS5, that would be just absolutely amazing.
0: It would be. And I think it's a market which is just wide open right now. And at least the draw will be like a lot further than like maybe 10 meters. or sorry, 10 (laughs) inches. (laughs) Because it was just so foggy in that game on the N64. Um, I know.
2: Actually, one of my famous jokes with our company and making games is if we ever have. The funds or somehow the opportunity, I want to own the Turok franchise.
1: <laughs> Listen, that'd be amazing. Hey, I it's, it's, it's would love it. <laughs> it has a Team cult Kill following.
0: Potentially. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I mean, you mentioned there. So before you founded um, Team Kill Media, what industries were you guys in and what was the genesis, you know, that spark that led to the idea of starting your own company?
2: Um, so a lot of the things we actually did before uh, was photography and, and video. Oh, nice. um, primarily weddings and events similar. Um, mm-hmm. We did that for quite a long time. I, I was the main photographer. Uh, Noah would help with like secondary photography. Um, mm-hmm. And then some of our other brothers would carry stuff. Dakota, who's not here, um, he did the uh, videography part of it. Um, that's kind of where... We came from and and that came from me being an artist and eventually uh, my my first area in photography was taking pictures of concerts so I I got to see a lot of cool bands and stuff uh, for free technically because I was getting to (laughs) photograph them Um, (laughs) which man if anybody wants to learn how to do photography really good uh, those conditions will teach you real fast (laughs) all right (laughs) yeah um But uh, then we came to a point where uh, the photography business, I I, I don't know, we weren't like burnt out on it, but it was like, I don't know, it was going in a direction we were just kind of like not really wanting to do anymore.
3: Mm
2: -hmm, And then we were living in a different state and our brother Dakota came home one day from his job and he had said something about doing uh, video games saying we could make a video game. And up until that point, I don't think engines were really accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I,
3: think, I think there was always a problem trying to get our hands on an engine because prior to that, we didn't think it was possible we didn't actually know how to get our hands on one.
2: And or... I remember finally, I was like, well, let me look at it. I looked it up, and at that moment in time, uh, I think Unreal Engine 4 had been... Free for now. I think at that point it was couple, a couple years. Um, couple years. Yeah, I think so. Which I was blown away. I had no idea that it had happened. I didn't either. I was like, "What?"
0: <laughs>
3: and
2: I, I think that very night we were. I would like basically told everyone. I was like, "Okay, so this is possible. We're just gonna have to learn how to do it." Mm-hmm. And we right. all had a, basically a meeting right then and there what kind of game we were going to try to make.
3: Yeah, we were throwing all kinds of ideas around. I think one of the first ideas was a Tower Defense game, yeah.
0: I think.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. And I think my answer to Tower Defense was, I don't know how to program that. <laughs>
1: well, I, th- I still remember. I was in the industry at the time when the announcement came, you know, uh, that Unreal Engine was going free. And I think I remember it was just like one line. It was like, if you love something, set it free. And yeah. that was just like the buzz. People couldn't believe it. You know, they were just like, oh, my God, they're giving these tools away for free. And it just, yeah, it was just an amazing time when that announcement came. I still remember it. It's like, you know when you start remembering everything. I was drinking yeah. a Coke at the time. I don't even know how I remember that. <laughs> but it's all coming back to me when I read that one line. It was just like, wow. <laughs>
0: great, great, great incentive. Yeah, share it with the world, right? And uh, let, the, let the fans, you know, create something that they want to make, really
2: that's the, that's the one cool see i think we were probably heavy in our photography business back when that happened mm. so we were distracted and unaware of it but yeah because i'd never heard about it gosh the, it, the thing with unreal they're amazing like everything about epic games like the stuff that they're doing to just allow people it's like they're saying here's all the stuff you could ever need now all yeah. you need is creativity and some math
1: <laughs> yeah. mm. definitely and uh-huh. you know it's you look I mean, when you look at engines going forward, when they showed that Unreal Engine 5 tech demo, oh, yeah. my, minds were blown, wasn't it? It was just unbelievable.
2: It was pretty <laughs> insane. We're desperately excited for that, but that will come after the current game because, yeah, mo- moving current quantum error to a new version of that engine would probably not be a good thing to do
1: <laughs> <laughs> and listen pretty quantum you take your time right because if mass effect legendary edition tells you something is you can release it on any engine people will enjoy it right and they're, <laughs> they're not moving it to four they're keeping it on three <laughs> so it's just it's like oh, wow it's well it's... you
2: know i don't blame them because moving from versions to versions can cause quite a
1: few issues
3: yeah it can change <laughs> right. things and break quite a few things
1: so <laughs> i think that's what they said was the reason why uh the way that game is stacked on itself it's that if they tried to move it they would have to remake the whole game because it would just be completely broken and yes. it was like, uh
3: yep that sounds completely accurate. yeah
1: they're they're 100 percent right in saying that that's good to hear um so when we look at team kill media today how many people are actually working for the business
2: um. So, <laughs> th- this is always a funny one too. So it's it's primarily two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I always call it one point. Or let's see, what have I been calling I it think lately? You've been saying it point three or something. <laughs> um, so like I, like I myself do most of the development, programming, all the art. And I'm currently just working on levels and things like that. And yeah, Noah's like doing mainly level design stuff, but. Depending on what it is, like we have like a whiteboard with a list of stuff, and like I keep pawning things off on him because it's not things I have to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm like
3: hey, how about I just do that instead, so that way you can focus on you know other
2: things. There, there's certain there's certain things I do that because I'm the artist, it just has to be done by me.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, right. But then
2: we also have Josiah, who is um, learning the development stuff, but he's the conceptualist of all the enemies.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: cool. Um, and then Dakota, who is Basically, like the, can what would you call? It? He's writing the story, but he's not like writing all the story. It's he, like it's he like he's written the outline of it, and yeah. he's come up with all okay. the characters. But then, like from there, we all kind of piggyback off that. So I guess yeah, so I guess he's one of the writers.
3: It's basically yeah. like he did ninety percent of the story, and then we all collaborated right. on the rest of it and got right, it going. Right.
1: Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. 2.2 2 people. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Nice, nice. Um, I like that. 2.2, 2.3. 2. I love it. That's pretty decent. That's a good way For to put it.
0: Change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I like that. I like that. At least it keeps it moving, and everyone's got their own specific skill sets uh, and also able to adapt into other areas as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that sounds like it would be interesting. <laughs>
2: Yeah, are the uh, the workload that I take on, if I showed you all the
1: board and the stuff that's going on, you'd be like, how? <laughs> well, you know what? You guys might get to go in the Guinness Book of World Records when those credits roll on your next game, you know, because they'll have so many different positions with so many of the same names on there. <laughs> actually,
2: actually, what's really funny about that, the other day I was, I was reading a job listing to uh, one of my family members from uh, another game studio, and I was like, I'm basically doing this entire list, which is insanity. And then I remembered, I was like, wait a minute, the credits to Kings of Lorne was pretty funny because it was like, Micah Jones, Micah Jones, Micah Jones, Noah Jones, Micah Jones. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. You'd think I have some kind of like, uh, what do you call it? Ego problem? (laughs)
1: Ego, yeah, or clone, or clone machine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I need to clone myself.
1: That sounded uh, very Kojima-esque there because he practically did everything (laughs) for his games, right? (laughs) You know, it's like, his, was it death stranding or metal gear 5 where his name was just popping up everywhere and it just became it like, like a, a running meme five. it was hilarious <laughs> but um i mean as you guys are aware and everyone who listens to the show definitely is um everyone is excited for quantum era and we will get to that in a bit listeners i promise um but before we do let's talk about kings of lawn as you mentioned before i need to know something guys who yeah. sat there and just came up with an idea for horror meets medieval. Because that's just crazy. I loved it. You know, it was just like, there was someone sitting there thinking, you know, what would be kind of cool? Let's mix horror with medieval, and let's see what comes out. It was, it was such a cool idea. How did that come about?
2: Um, Gosh, I'm going to have to try to remember. So, I think initially, the, the idea of Kings of Lorne was more so a, like a character that was going to be tossed into like a pit Mm -hmm. and you were going to have to try to get out of that pit, whatever it was. Um, actually I think the initial concept was just like a single tunnel, which was really weird. So the game actually started out super duper survival horror. Like, I think the initial stuff I remember showing off was like really uncomfortable. Like Mm. it was not, it was almost so uncomfortable. It wasn't fun. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. uh, Then there was ideas thrown around about it being in modern day at one point. But then, like, based on, like, the art style that at that time I felt I could achieve, I think we decided to go the medieval route, Mm. not to mention we have quite a few people who are fans of, like, the Souls stuff and, like, Skyrim and stuff like that. So it was like, well, this would be really cool. And, like, the monsters that I could make at that time with my knowledge set, fit more of the medieval look mm, right so it's kind of like you know it started with a couple of ideas and then it kind of just found its way into that style
1: nice really cool that is um and then obviously once you've released kings of lawn was there any stage of production or development that you remember that you learned a valuable lesson that you thought i need to change that process for quantum Era? You know, Because every time, you always change something as developers as you're going through your games. Was there anything that you were like, yeah, we can't carry that over into Quantum Era or there's a more efficient way of doing things? <laughs>
2: uh, That's so a definite
1: yes, then. That's a definite... Uh,
2: everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just about everything. <laughs> so, uh, to be completely 100% honest, Kings of Lorne is awesome. We're super proud of it and tons of people have enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But th- the game was a learning process. So it's not perfect. And there was actually a point in development on that game where I had, because I was learning, programmed. uh, Gosh, what was it? It was something about the way the game handled knowing about certain values. And I had just done it completely wrong. And it was not very stable. And we had to stop, delete all of that and redo it. Oh, wow, and that was a little bit of a nightmare, but it ended up, you know, being for the better. Um, another huge thing I would say is that when, it, especially when it comes to developing a game that's going to be on consoles, yeah. uh, it, you have to make everything yourself and test it a lot to make sure it works. <laughs> because, like, like with Unreal, for example, being able to get use assets, like a lot of static. Yeah mesh assets and stuff are fine but if it's like a programming asset
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah sometimes it doesn't work and okay. it's it's got to be either heavily tweaked or you just have to build it from scratch right Wow. but that's because it's not specifically designed for that use case scenario so
0: hmm. uh, there's, yeah, a, I... there's
2: a lot of lessons that you learn when you're making a game for the first time
0: <laughs> i can imagine the, the, Man, the style, actually, the sorry, cool. another
2: point of yep. view on that game is I think we would have made it third person if we did it again. Interesting. Oh, really?
0: Interesting. As,
2: as much as it was good as a uh, first-person game, I think it would have been a, a more fun experience if it was third person.
0: Right.
1: Sequel, cool, yeah? Third person. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could. Crit- we all this? critique the absolute crap out of everything we do. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) But that's the way to do it, right? You know, an artist never is never happy, you know, and that they always find things. I I can imagine now that after you've made Kings of Lawn any video game you play you look at it differently, don't you?
2: oh yes <laughs> absolutely gosh uh like especially i mean you can't look at things the same like because you know that's like hey that's how this works this is how this works or it's like yeah. i could have done that better or
1: did i do that right <laughs> <laughs>
0: Definitely.
1: that polygon is out of place <laughs> <laughs> just 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 off off the off the beat path here um i'm really intrigued then did you any of you guys play um pt the, the demo that Hideo Kojima released. Oh yeah,
3: yes I did. As soon as it <laughs> released, I played that.
1: <laughs> so when you obviously look back at obviously um, your development for Quantum Era and Kings of Law, and your thoughts on the fact that he just created a few hallways but made it so unique, what was really what what impressed you the most from that?
2: um gosh uh from my perspective i think it would be the fact that it is such a small environment mm-hmm. and it has so much detail packed into it like when i played it actually i was kind of tricked into play it i was told by my brothers oh you got to play this demo and everything and i was like what's this and they're like just play it <laughs> it scared the crap out of me um like, like after i think what is it, Lisa pops through the uh the door the door of the bathroom yeah. i had to pause and take a break i was like i'm done <laughs> 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 I'm like, i can't i'm like no i'm gonna have a heart attack but then like, i, I never actually got through all the details because there was so much you could look at and find and... i got through a majority of it i never actually beat it but
3: there was a point that i stopped and it was when she was in the hallway underneath <laughs> the light i was like nope i'm done i'm, I'm stopping <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> i didn't tell alex either I, I told him he knew it was a horror thing but i didn't tell him who had made it or anything like that so i and i was adamant not to help him i was like just sit there and he, it took ages like, because if you remember the phone yeah, puzzle and everything yeah, it was so crazy i was
0: i was freaked out I had headphones on and everything and i was like what the hell is going on i'm going round right and round right in circles and each time i'm shitting myself even more you know <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it was it was a fun game, fun experience, and when we finally he... got to the end, <laughs> oh my god! <gosh. laughs> I think
2: Hideo Kojima needs to do that with the PS5. Oh, I <laughs> think I think that's what yeah,
0: everybody's.
1: I mean, you know what? I'm going to be really really selfish. Everybody keeps saying that. Everyone in the industry keeps saying that. I don't. I want Metal Gear Solid remade, right? And I want sure. him to helm it. You know. Um, I think it would just yeah. be amazing, but we'll see what happens. I 100%
2: honestly. agree.
1: <laughs> I say that if
2: your solid remake comes out. I'm gonna be like flying to wherever I gotta go to get the copy of if that. If that
3: comes out, I basically won't exist for
2: probably a couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> but you know what? I've, I've, I've always kill media
2: will be on vacation for a couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I can see the headline now Quantum Error Delayed
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> due to unforeseen Ooh, technical waterworks. circumstances. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, I mean, speaking of Quantum Error then, so uh, tell us about, you know, the moments, the conversations where the origins of Quantum Error began. Where did that initial idea come from and when did you guys decide that, yes, okay, this is what we're going to do?
2: Um, So, this will be kind of a funny story because um, I think it was, right as we were finishing Kings of Lorne, we obviously were already thinking about another game and our initial idea for quantum era was actually going to be a game where you would play as a character stranded in what at the time was just a parking garage in the middle of a like supernatural hurricane. Wow. (laughs) And yeah, like totally different. And we, the more we talked about and came up with the, the the whole hurricane supernatural thing came from um, the idea of like uh, CERN, which I believe is, over there in europe somewhere um, yeah. with their weird science that they I don't you know, collider. Yeah, yeah part of accelerating know, there, there's yeah. some strange stuff with them about <laughs> different dimensions and things and and i've seen some really cool pictures where people claim it was like they were opening a gateway into another world and so we wanted to do something with that idea like kind of like you know the evil corporation a lot like you know the uac or something like that right. and the more we talked about it, we came to the idea. It's like, okay, well, who's the main character going to be? And I think even, at one time we even thought of cop. I think we thought of a couple others. But then we realized, wait a minute. What about a firefighter? And I think even our mom was probably in the conversations with the firefighter thing. Because our dad has been a firefighter his oh, cool. most of his career. So from there it was like, well, why not do a fi- uh, firefighter? Because... Who's done a firefighter yeah. character in a game?
3: Yeah, I don't think anybody has used that in a game like that before. So no, that was like a no. pretty a pretty obvious yes. Yeah. yeah so
2: like and once we started talking about the firefighter aspect of it, we were like, okay, so if you take a firefighter and the skills that they have and what they're doing throw them into a situation that's far beyond their capabilities, how would they? you know, handle it and deal with it and get through it. And we started to figure, we knew we wanted to do first person shooter. So we knew that was going to be the main mechanics, but then it was like, okay, so, you know, the Halligan bar can be used to pry open doors. The, the K-12 right. saw can be used to slice open different paths. The jaws of life that they use to save people's life can actually be also used to open up paths. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it just, it kept on. And my dad, started filling in with all his info like okay we do this we do that we can do this it, it just it's like it was a snowball that just kept on building once we yeah. once we knew it was going to be a firefighter
1: well that k12 Correct. was soaring open a lot more than just a door in that demo <laughs> you know um i bet you yeah, i, I, I could picture these it tools can
2: also be used to uh kill enemies
1: <laughs> I, I I can imagine your father telling you like you know the the actual specifications of the saw and what it can do, and then you show him what you can do with it in the game, and he just probably looked at you like, no, <laughs> that's not what you do. With <laughs> Actually, this it is
2: fantastic. Every time we make something and we show it off. Uh, he is kind of like the quality control of firefighting. <laughs> so like if something isn't right, like, oh, gosh, what was the last thing? Uh, I think
3: he said something about the gas mask hood being wrong. And then you need oh, to go redo yeah. it.
2: <laughs> so I just finished making the new um, firefighter suit for Jacob in the game. And Ooh. there was something on it I didn't do. 100% correct and he was like yeah that's not right that's supposed to be like this and I was like ah oh, crap <laughs> so I went back and fixed it
0: <laughs> 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 Actually, <laughs> I think it was the pants Was the pants?
2: I put a belt on him, and it was supposed <gasps> oh, to be that's it's right. supposed to be like this weird clippy thing and not a belt Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it it's he's great taking, because he's then, taking I mean, control
2: as, as crazy as the game's gonna be a lot of the firefighter stuff will be as close to true as is possible within having fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and being in another world.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: <laughs> Definitely. Um, and it's good, though, that there's that authenticity to it as well. That, you know, it is. You, you, it, it kind of adds to that, yeah, you are a firefighter, not like a Starship trooper or anything like yeah. that. You're, you're a firefighter. And, and obviously anyone who knows anything to do about firefighting and the equipment will be like, Man, this is really down to earth, you know, so Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's supposed to be the right? firefighter that finds himself in a bad situation. But at the same time, firefighters are I mean, they're intense. They they can handle
1: yeah, yeah. a heck of a lot. Definitely, yeah. You know, definitely. I mean, anyone who's gonna save people and run into a burning building you know, gets respect no matter what. I mean, yeah. yeah, And they they do that while
2: wearing gear that, I mean, God, I think that stuff is really heavy. It's like a hundred pounds on them.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's like wearing an extra person, right? (laughs) Pretty pretty much. Yeah. So you've kind of touched on it a little bit in that one, but um, the quantum error we see today, or we saw in the last demo and the one that you're working on, um, how different is that to the quantum error that you guys were writing and drawing on paper? (laughs)
3: oh man i'd say it's very different but in a very good way
2: no it's funny with us because like our initial ideas start as just like a initial idea and then from there it transforms and we let it kind of become whatever it's going to become and um what's really funny to me also is every time we show something off it's usually about i don't know a month or two old and so by the time people see what we're showing them we've already improved the game so much that it's like oh man <laughs> <laughs> like what we're doing right now <laughs>
3: it is it far better looking than what I, everybody
2: just saw. I, I i giggle because what we just showed off was pretty cool but it's already so far beyond that oh yeah that it, it makes you kind of giggle when you look at it
1: guys you're teasing too much man
0: exactly (laughs) i was gonna say the same thing sets up for a key tease i mean like like okay like for one quick
2: example like the the whole entire way that the camera and the character and the gun positions work and move is totally different Oh, oh wow like in what we showed it was a lot more like stationary like almost floaty and now yeah. the, the camera's actually attached to the character, and it oh, has nice. a little bit more weight to it, and you feel like nice. like you are the character, like you're really being
1: the character.
3: Yeah, it definitely yes. looks a lot better, and it's way more smooth.
1: Mm. Nice. And is that for both first and third person? Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Uh,
2: the Actually, the... The transition between first person and third person—it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like perfect smooth now, Um, and we have it tied to the touchpad button, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Because we didn't have it tied to a button before, we were kind of tag team switching and stuff. Um, But yeah, the the third person, uh, we—it's set up very similar to like the Resident Evil over the shoulder kind of view.
0: Right. Nice. yeah yeah which is a, it's a great it's a great position really you get a good um uh, shot of the scenery as well as the character and any of other surroundings yeah. as well so yeah it, it's nice.
2: a it's a lot of work to get the first and third person views to work yeah. together
0: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that must have like kept you up you know overnight <laughs> a few nights <laughs> I, I think
2: that alone added like one to three months of development to get wow. that working
0: wow yeah i mean that's not an easy feat uh, but it's no. a great concept. It's a really great idea, you know, being able to just switch on the fly. I mean, when we saw that in the trailer, we lost our minds. Like, really?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we loved the reaction.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing.
0: <laughs> uh, well, uh, and what's
2: really cool, actually, about I don't know if people know this. Um, so if you play the game in first-person view, it controls and plays very much like, doom or prey or resident evil's well not not the third person ones but like maybe eight i don't know it's very traditional first person shooter how you would imagine it but in third person view it controls a lot like resident evil 2 remake or one of those games where it's like you have the gun but you have to aim it before you can shoot it oh wow so the, the style of gameplay changes a bit depending on the view you're playing in it's basically almost kind
1: of like you're getting two games in one. Yeah. That, that adds to the dread that does. I'll tell you straight, you know, you got to aim before you shoot, man. If I've got one of those floating heads coming at me and I'm trying to aim, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That is walk, cr- walk I, way, I, still, I still remember my reaction. It's like I was excited to watch it, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it on the future game show, and, and it's just the awe of when the camera switched. It took me a second because I think... He strafes, you strafe dodged an attack just before you switched to third person and I was too busy going crazy over the strafe and then it it took me like a delayed second to react that the camera had switched and I was like wait what? (laughs) I was like it was a happy surprise and I mean speaking of that what has the reception been to that future game show demonstration that you guys had and obviously the extended demo?
2: Oh, it's been, it's been super, amazing. super fantastic. Our our goal with that gameplay cuz like the other stuff we showed, you know, pretty much last year now was very like corridor, creepy, confined and the whole game is not going to be like that. So we wanted to show off something that was like here's the more like Halo side of it or or something yeah. like that and Yeah. And yeah, I think that people wanted to see something that was like, okay, it's not just dark corridors like Doom Three.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. Like oh, it's, that. A nice, it's a nice fallback to all the classics, though, isn't it? And I mean, it is like a breath of fresh air seeing like the external shots, exterior shots. Uh, oh yeah, the, the attention to detail. Oh, <laughs> and, and this is only this stage now. We, we, we yeah, well, and, yeah, it's going to, gosh, wait till
2: y'all see it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not to
2: mention, uh, gameplay also changes when you're in those um, planet environments. Because when you're on the facility and the other places in the game, you're kind of in your normal stuff. But when you go to these other worlds, you have the, the space suit, basically. And yeah. that suit gives you the ability to do the dash and, and the the jetpack and all that stuff. But that is for those areas and then the other parts of the game you're back to you know i can't dodge i'm stuck in hallways and
1: (laughs) (laughs) i like that though because again as i said it changed it's that change of pace isn't it where you might think to yourself oh i'm in a safe spot but then you're you're not but it does change that style of game as you're playing through and especially as it's a survival horror style game and you're just thinking Am I safe here? Am I not safe here? Was I safe in the last big open space? Wasn't I? And it's just, you know, all of a sudden you you get through a huge area full of enemies and you get inside and you think, oh, thank God. And then you realize, no, wait, that's not thank God. I want to go back outside all of a sudden, you know. Nope,
2: definitely not thank God. <laughs> yeah, more like, well, I'm screwed. Yeah, you're
1: screwed. <laughs> it was so funny, though, because I was watching um, the demo and... My wife came in. (laughs) She came in and she was like, "This game looks really like violent and that." Oh, look, he's gone inside now. And then the first enemy came and she was like, "Okay, what is going on? I can't believe that." You know, it was it was the desired effect. You definitely had it on her, which was um, really really cool to see as well. So, I mean, today, what things are you guys most proud of in the game?
3: Oh man. Oh, man, most proud of.
1: That's that's a hard thing to say. Um,
3: I think the first thing off the top of my head is honestly probably the story. Because the yeah. story that we've made is just
2: yeah. it's
3: not like anything else out there. It,
2: it probably is the story because like as much as everything looks so cool and neat and it, you know it's going to be a fun video game that is, you know, changing and going along that the story which Hardly anybody knows
1: what's going on in
2: the story. It, yeah. It's uh, it's quite involved. It, it's it's a twisted thing.
1: Oh All right. Nice. Yeah, I you like, you it's
2: like it's, it's, it's hard like to this. say much about it because <laughs> about it's like, yeah, there, there's like, I mean, even right now we've had some like stuff we've completed that I would love to show off, but then I'm like, crap, if I show that off. Yeah, it be a
3: huge spoiler.
2: Immediately
1: spoil stuff. Right, right. <laughs> oh man, it's just tease after tease, Alex. It's not it fair. Is. Is. <laughs> it I know, I'm not, I can't take it. I man.
0: mean,
2: to to put it into perspective, the the story is definitely it's something of a Metal Gear esque kind of story. I mean, it's okay. not it's not like it's gonna be Metal Gear, but it's oh, no, but it's, like, that it's got was. like there's gonna be a ton of different cutscenes, different yep. characters with different you know. Places they came from and what's put them together, and situations with saving certain people, and as
3: well as how the story molds into the world. And it's just yeah, who
2: is is, who, who, who's behind what?
1: Yeah, just sounds cool. This is like it sounds like it's just going more towards Total Recall. Like who's in charge of what? Who did this? (laughs) Who did that?
2: That's that's not far off.
1: (laughs) Amazing, amazing.
0: The house, the sorry, I was gonna say No, I was, I was gonna say I was just gonna
1: say I'm pretty sure I mentioned total recall in my reaction video mm-hmm. as well when you walked yes. outside. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, I was gonna ask about the uh, you said a lot of cutscenes. I mean does that mean that you have to work with voice talent um you know in recording and if so then how was that?
2: Um so so far on development we actually have not yet done the cutscenes. Okay. So the the way this game is being developed is we have everything like pretty much functioning and we're we're developing it all kind of like in pieces and then we're starting to put it together in the actual playable form of the game right and like we know when and where the scenes are going to happen but we're going to get the cutscenes made before we even contact anyone for voice acting
0: yeah yeah of course of course yeah yeah,
2: just because we don't we don't want to waste anyone's time, and we don't want oh. to we, we don't want to like get to a point where it's like, hey, we're gonna do this cutscene. Oh wait, uh, we need to change the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> we want to be yeah. sure of everything before we even touch it.
0: That's, That's uh, similar to what uh, Disney and Pixar do, isn't it? When they release like a Toy Story film, apparently they've actually got like voice actors. Uh, they've already done everything before they even send it to the likes of Tom Hanks and uh, Tim Allen, it's already been voiced already. So all they have to do is literally just go in there and then just copy. <laughs> exactly. Kind of over, overdub it. Overdub it, yeah, yeah. So I guess, I don't we, know, we, guess We're topic.
2: contemplating doing something like that, maybe, where we're going like, to overdub the cut scenes with our own stuff, just so we know, like, hey, this is how this character is going to talk and how long it's going to take them to talk. and
1: Yeah. And can I just say, Alex, Tom Hanks doesn't copy anybody. Alright, don't mess with Mr. Hanks on that one. He copies himself there. That's it. (laughs) Um, Something I really want to know personally, and I'm sure a lot of listeners will want to know as well, so with the new generation of technology, in this case PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, has that changed the development or direction of the game? You know, what was initially technically not possible on the older generation that's now possible?
2: Um it definitely it's That's hard to it, yeah, it's it changes a little bit because like the like the PS5 version which is the main version we are constantly developing is um got a lot more bells and whistles than like what it normally would have had mm-hmm. um just just like all the like the sound the way that you put the sound in the world versus the way maybe you would have done it in the last console um the adaptive triggers and the way that's going to work with the different, you know, mechanics and how hard they are to pull and push and when they click. Um, the I think the ray tracing has actually been the biggest difference maybe from, I don't know, the, the ray tracing and maybe like the, the SSD, like the loading and stuff, because there's there's definitely going to be a difference. Like, you know, when, like the PS4 version obviously will end up having like loading screens because it's not going to be able to handle it. But, um, yeah, like the, the ray tracing's been an interesting one because there's been a couple times that we've gone like up and down on it. Like, we turn it, we like we have it on, and we're looking at it, and it's like, does that look that different? Then we turn it off, we're like, okay, wait a minute, no. Then we turn it on, and it's like, okay, that looks a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really situational, like in the environment, because like the Jupiter stuff we showed off, ray tracing reflections you don't really see. Because mm-hmm. nothing's really reflective. Um, yeah. But shadows, you definitely see. Um, so it's like, I guess the best technique for that is to be selective. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just, I don't know, it's very interesting working with it. And um, I think our recent tests um, we did on the PS5 dev kit, um, it's running at like, what was it, 58? No, it was pinned at 60. Yeah. We had it pinned at 60 frames a second. While testing out ray trace reflections, where you could see the character's reflection as if you are the character. And it was the weirdest, wow. amazing looking thing. It
3: was pretty amazing, because <laughs> I really haven't seen anything like that. And I was like, wow, I have not seen a game do that yet.
2: It's like, look, I'm Jacob, and I'm looking at myself
1: in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That is. Was, and and it, it's we, really cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to see games that are utilizing ray tracing, you know, because you can see. The effect that has on a game you know and i mean you know when you play around with it for example we spoke about resident evil i think i've spent more time just standing in an ever so slight light shade you know uh just to <laughs> see the reflection on the pistol and move around <laughs> and things like that and it's just like it's exciting times you know without a shadow of a doubt
2: oh yeah the the half of resident evil village i've played so far like Man, the the lighting and seeing all the techniques all in one in a finished product, mm-hmm. it, it it is mind
1: blowing. You spoke about um, moving assets from engine to engine and the issues with the Unreal Engine specifically. If we go all the way back to when Mark Cerny did his um, very entertaining tech talk for the masses, you know that was specifically aimed at developers, right? So to put that as a public video, you could imagine a lot of people were like, huh. But one thing he did say was the speed that developers would be able to adapt to PlayStation 5 development from PlayStation 4 would would be under a month. Was that the actual case for you guys? Were you quick to get used to everything running on there? I think it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so.
2: Because um, from PS4 to PS5, um, since uh, I, I do most of the programming aspects of it and trying to get it all to function... I have not really noticed it being that different than PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way the different systems work, the way it works within Unreal Engine, and um, how you handle certain things. I mean, it yeah, it's been virtually the same process, um, obviously, with just more bells and whistles. Um, <laughs> the, the one big thing that changed with us is Kings of Lorne, we only had a test kit for the Mm ps4 which that was a fun way to uh (laughs) test the game because that's that's not ideal this time we actually have the big old monsters ps5 dev kit and we basically (laughs) just from unreal engine run it right into the ps5 and we can test as often as we want i think the ssd also plays into helping us test that that much quicker we can test so fast yeah. Like, if I change something in the engine, I'm testing it in the PS5, like, five minutes later.
1: Oh, that must, you know, wow. the quality of life on that must be <laughs> unbelievable oh, yeah. for you guys. You know, you'd be like, yes, I've got it done, instead of sitting there saying, right, I'm just installing <laughs> it, it's got to load, let's get it yeah. done.
2: Uh, well, and it's like every t- every five seconds, we're like, okay, let's finish programming this, okay, let's test it, does it work? Okay, it works. Okay, no, it doesn't work what did we do wrong <laughs> yeah and i remember um, in particular with
3: kings of lorn that the amount of times we had to redo a build because can, it. <laughs> and then we'd have to install it and it would take about two years to install and we're not doing that now so
1: <laughs> i remember when um we so i remember when we were a uh, euro which is like um the UK's version of, like, E3 without the news conferences and stuff. So all the developers would come over, they would do talks, public could play games. And I remember having to install code onto debug units and test units. Oh, my God. The time. (laughs) It would be like... I remember one year specifically, um, it was for... I think it was for Assassin's Creed 3. And we decided... um, well, the developers thought, you know, it would be cool to have 50 machines running um, a bolt mission and another 50 doing a stealth. And my first question is, so you expect us to install 100 PlayStation 4s oh, okay. with code, okay. right? You know, off a USB stick. <laughs> it's just like, oh, wow. Gosh. It, it, yeah, it took, it took a <laughs> better part of like a week and a half for us to get it done. You know, it was just oh, going to be gosh. Fun. <laughs> oh. It was horrendous. But yeah, uh, I feel your pain. And I'm so happy <laughs> that you have SSD these days, you know. <laughs> yeah oh yeah
2: landline network ssd and we are good to go (laughs)
1: amazing um one thing that really was exciting to see is obviously your options for people who want to support the game and how they can actually be in the game so i want to talk to you about um the quantum era kickstarter which you guys Mm -hmm. have in place you know you've got some as i mentioned very unique perks available for people who back the game so how do they appear in the game? What other perks and things do they have for that? And what are the stretch goals <laughs> of the Kickstarter?
2: Um, So that we set up um, initially, we, we've always been hesitant to set things up like that because we don't want to like, you know, beg for money or something mm-hmm. of that sort. But a lot of people have been like, you know, we, you know, we could help and everything. And I was like, okay, well, we'll put it together. And if anybody wants to help, that's 100% cool. And if people don't want to help, then that's also 100% cool. And when we put it together, we were like, well, we need to give some benefits, like, you know, well, what are you going to get if you donate to this? And we wanted to do it simple, uh, just because it, getting into the complicated stuff, here we like, eh, I don't know about that. But, you know, initially, it's just, you know, if you donate the $50 or more, you're going to get the game on mm-hmm. whatever console you have that it's out for. And then, we had the brilliant idea of being like, wait a minute, what if somebody donated enough and we put them in the game? Because I've seen some other games do something kind of like that, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and uh, we we decided to go for that, um, not knowing, you know, whether somebody would do it or not. And we ended up getting a few, and uh, that that part's going to be pretty exciting because the. So the people who've donated enough to the, the 500 to become an NPC, we don't know 100% yet where those NPCs are going to fall in the story. But right. one of the ideas is that they will be one of the ones you save. Oh, um, nice. Or, in the case of a specific NPC, I'm thinking about, they might get killed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's kind of hard to decide because it's like, okay, you know, yeah. are they going to be mad if we kill them?
0: <laughs> it will be an honor.
2: <laughs> I mean, because there's, there's no promises, you know, where your NPC is going to be, <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: Guys, where, where, where am I? Oh, you're on the roof. You're being eaten by one of the, the guys over there, you know, in the corner. Oh, wow, it's unbelievable. I'm in a game, you know. Um. <laughs>
2: um, I will say one of the coolest, uh, there's a guy who did donate, and he's going to be an NPC, and he's a firefighter in real life. Oh, wow. So yes. I think we're going to actually make him be one of the other firefighters that are with you in the game or... Maybe with the Menad organization that you know failed to stop the problems that are happening. Okay,
1: that that sounds cool, man. I, I mean. You know, you can never feel bad about starting a Kickstarter. I think nothing will ever top you, Suzuki walking out on the Sony E3 stage, uh, announcing u 3, getting everybody's hopes up, and then doing it as a Kickstarter countdown, you know, and for the world <laughs> to see. That was, like, the most craziest thing ever. And then halfway through, you get done by a, a publisher. So it doesn't really make a difference. But, you know, yeah, wow, it's, it's, it's crazy. But, I mean, that's so cool to, like give people that opportunity because you know a lot of people and a lot of gamers don't realize that they can be in the game and if you're listening and you want to be in quantum error and you want to be eaten by a puppet or you want to be (laughs) killed by a puppet um or be saved by jacob then you can head over to the link that's in the description for this podcast which will take you straight to the kickstarter for quantum error um and obviously you can have a look at all the other perks as well that are available um there's obviously different perks for different amounts right
2: uh yeah, it's well it's generally j like anybody can donate, you know, anything they want. Mm-hmm. Um but if you hit fifty or more you're getting the game and then the five hundred is for the NPC. So it's it's just a simple, you know, two different tiers basically.
1: And you am I right in saying that you hit a stretch goal recently to get a mocap suit, didn't you?
2: Yes. Uh when, once uh enough people had donated I think it was like what Twenty-four hundred dollars, I think. Uh, that was the point where we could buy a mocap suit, um, and we jumped on it immediately because it has helped us um, get so many animations now made and done that we we could have done it before by hand, but it would have been a nightmare and probably taken us like ten years to do.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> now, no Noah just slaps on the mocap suit and we plug it in and go. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: i mean that's so cool you know and again anything to cut the development time down guys because we want this game and you're making us wait it's such a long gap in between gameplay <laughs> you know it's just like we're sitting there like what are they doing what are they doing
2: <laughs> oh, no, we're 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 trucking along and every i would say now it's getting to the point where every day we're going over a list of what we have left that we have to do things we yeah. might want to do and we're having to try to figure out it's like okay well what what has to get done for this game to be done? Mm-hmm. And then if we have time for the extras, you know, we'll worry about that later. So it's, um, I don't know, I think it's closer than people think, but we can't say nothing.
1: Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's, it's it is. It is. It's teasing. You know, but, you know, Alex. Yeah. You know. There's a, a video game show next month, right? Where a lot of news tends oh. to come out from developers and stuff, isn't it? So we'll be keeping a close eye around E3 week. <laughs> but um, I
2: will, I will say, when it comes to that that time frame, hopefully we're gonna have something. The, the our goal is to show off something cinematic next time.
1: Nice. Um,
2: because we've shown off quite a few ga- of gameplay now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We sure. want to show something cinematic, but it's it's
0: going to depend on quite a bit if it's ready.
1: Excellent. It's good to know. You know, well, it's always, it's always
0: in good terms to... of that cinematic, I mean, the first trailer that we saw, I think that's the one we panned in. Uh, you know, and going around, and that suddenly that door bursts open. and you see all these zombies and monsters bursting out. <laughs> that was just heart racing, you know. Which, which <laughs> I,
2: for some, I have to mention something. So, something about that—that that whole like scene with the what was like the first iteration of the puppets busting through that door. Hmm. Stuff yeah. like that is going to happen in the game oh wow i think i I don't remember where i think i saw someone like hoping that that was going to be in the game and it it is oh it is there's going to be some moments in the game where
1: you get completely
2: overwhelmed
1: (laughs) oh days i'm getting days gone (laughs) horde vibes here but you know in on in space oh this is going to (laughs) sound amazing
2: we've been able to we did a test where we packed a lot of ai into one space. And oh, had yeah. no impact on the frame rate, and we were like, "Okay, this is going to be like, fun." Yeah, we're going to be doing that in the game.
1: <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, you mentioned that obviously your lead development is PS5. I'd love to see the test on that what you did on a PS4. <laughs> uh,
3: one thing's for sure: if we did that AI test on the PS4, it,
1: it, it might struggle
2: a little bit. It, <laughs> I don't know; it depends because <laughs> it
3: depends. But I think we had like twenty AI. Oh, yeah,
2: probably wow. stuffed 20 in a small room. Yeah, and
3: uh, <laughs> if that was on the PS4, it might choke a little bit.
0: I'm not sure. <laughs> or sound like a jet engine. Yeah, uh, yes, <laughs> <and> yes it <laughs> will.
1: Amazing. Amazing. So I mean what obviously looking at everything that you've got to to date, what are you most excited and nervous about when it comes to quantum error? Hmm. excited.
2: I think for me, the excitement is for everybody to actually play it. Oh, yeah. And, and to be able to watch everyone play it and the videos people make. That, that, that part of the game development is fantastic. I think seeing people's reaction
3: when they finally have their hands on the game and being, having you know, crapping in their pants will be absolutely <laughs> hilarious
2: and amazing. Um, as far as nervous, I don't really feel nervous about much
3: i I I'm, can't really i, th- say th- I think I
2: think we're so focused. I don't think nerves has become a thing yet right. We pretty much work twelve hours a day, six days a week, so we don't really have much time to be nervous
1: <laughs>
0: right. yeah. Just focusing on the next target.
1: I like it, <laughs> okay, so um, I have to ask guys because I think you only did it recently. let's talk social media logos. And you changed yours recently. Uh, Don't think I didn't spot that, you know what I mean, right before we were going to record. I was like, oh, interesting. They've changed the logo, you know, to like a purple sphere-like circle with an outer rim. You know, interesting. Anything you can tell us about that?
2: Um, Okay, let me think here, because... So that purple circle, uh, and in the words of our uh, our guy, William, all hail the purple circle. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is, man, it is a, let's just say it's a piece of a photo that I just showed everybody of one of the new enemies.
1: Oh, fucking hell, man. And...
2: <laughs> That is literally, I want to say, like, you know, like 64 pixels of the actual image. Um, <laughs> 64 pixels. I, I, yeah. I recently, so I've recently finished the new fire space suit, the new fire suit. And then we were working on finishing a few enemies we had left that I hadn't yet modeled. And one of them, yeah, that purple circle is from. And um, and it is
3: freaking awesome.
2: Yeah, it's... um. <laughs> It's it's better than I imagined it was going to be, and yeah, he decided to uh, crop that little purple circle and make it the icon. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. So that that purple circle actually has w- way more meaning and purpose and in the what game it leads on to. than anybody would understand right now.
1: Okay. Yeah. I looked at I looked at it and I was like, is that is that I, you know when you start thinking you say, okay. Is that a planet? Is that an atmosphere? What is it? Is it a reticle for a weapon? And then you just tell me it's about another demented puppet that we haven't seen from the demo that's going <laughs> to scare the pants off us as it, we're it playing is, the game. It is a
2: part of an enemy, that is for sure. Wow, well, that's good
1: to hear. Yeah. But you know, it's crazy, and you know, and the it's bit... not a little enemy. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just want to scare us all while we're playing this game like crazy, right? You know. Um, I'm super excited about it. You know, we got to ask you these questions, and the most important thing we wanted to do, and you, you know, we're so happy and thankful that you guys allowed us to do, was to get our listeners and people who are excited about Quantum Error to message us and ask you some questions. And, you know, I thought to myself that, okay, I'll, I'll send a list to Mike, uh, may, he'll pick maybe two or three out of, you know, I'll nail it down to 10. Happy to say Micah was happy to answer all ten, um, you know, which is what we're going to do now. We're going to separate the show. <laughs> so this is the end of, obviously, me and Alex asking you guys questions, and we're really, really thankful for that. And we're going to get into the exciting, exciting <laughs> questions from the fans or anything. Alex, have you got anything to say um, about the game before we move on to the fans' questions?
0: I can't wait. That's it. Simple as, I mean, you've hyped me up even more. I mean, as if <laughs> the trailer and the extended footage that you showed, you know, I was, I was already at the precipice then, but from what you're saying right now and the level of detail that you're going into the actual game sort, to make sure the mechanics work well, get, that the game actually plays, you know, fluidly. It's, it's just what's needed, you know, and then it's nice to see that it's, it's coming from an independent studio as well. You know, this is, this is what the industry needs. So I'm
1: very excited. I'm very excited to see what you guys um, try and deliver. Oh, and yeah. I'll tell you what, for, for me, guys, you know, listeners of this show know if it's space, I'm already in, right? I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a space nerd. And if it's horror, I'm in there as well. But th- the moment you said, you know, 60 frames at the moment, I was, <laughs> I was, I was like, that's a bonus to me, right? The cherry on top to get that frame rate perfect. Um, I'm super, yeah, super I would say though.
3: I pushed for that very hard at the very beginning concept. I was like, it has got to run at this FPS because it it just it feels so good and so smooth. Yeah. So yeah. like this game has to run at that no matter what. Definitely. And so far it is, <laughs> and yeah, and we are hitting it.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, guys, thank you very, very much for coming onto the show and answering some questions. And again, listeners, if you go to the description of this podcast, you can have a link to all of Team Kill Media and Quantum Errors' social channels as well as a Kickstarter. You know, let's get yourself getting killed by a puppet in a game guys you're just you're just a link away from it you can do that but this was episode 49 episode 50 is also available where we ask micah and noah your questions and there's some really really great ones on there so head over to episode 50 now and you will hear them thank you very much for listening and good night